0: Good afternoon. You're listening to KTOO. I'm Yvonne Creamery. An Alaska native group says the Canadian government is violating their human rights by greenlighting several large gold mines in British Columbia. A coalition of tribes in southeast Alaska submitted a brief this month to an international commission accusing Canada of the violations, including their right to a healthy environment. KRBD's Jack Darrell has more.
1: At the mouth of the Eunuch River near Ketchikan, there's a very old petroglyph. According to Lee Wagner of Metlakatla, the rising sun painted onto the rock above the river is thousands of years old, and it's a family crest.
2: I have had ties with that river since the day I was born, and my parents before me, generation after generation, that river to us, it means life.
1: Further up the river, over the Canadian border, there's a site proposed for an open-pit gold mine. It's one of multiple large-scale mining projects proposed on Canadian soil that Alaska tribes say would directly impact watersheds that run across the border into Alaska. And the tribes have long demanded a seat at the table in how Canada manages those projects. The tribal coalition is known as the Southeast Alaska Indigenous Transboundary Commission, or SEITC. Guy Archibald's the executive director. He says the Eunuch River case is interesting because the line he's heard from mining companies, that they can minimize the impact their operations have on the watershed, doesn't work here.
2: And, and mining is known to impact water quality and salmon. They always do. Uh, Modern mines actually fail at a higher frequency and with more catastrophic consequences than mines 40, 50 years ago. And some of these are the largest mines that will ever be built in the world.
1: And there was already a mine at Eskay Creek along the Eunuch River in the 90s. And Archibald says the watershed is still feeling the effects over a decade after the mine
2: shuttered. You know, the people using that river, such as Lee's family, noticed a very distinctive drop-off in the hooligan coming in. Ooligan are not like salmon. They will, they will go somewhere else if there's adverse conditions.
1: He says when the mine closed in 2007, the population of hooligan, a beloved subsistence fish, began to rebound, however slightly. The once productive hooligan fishery in the Unuk River has been closed by the State Department of Fish and Game for years because of population concerns. For Archibald, gold mines mean only two things
2: jewelry and it's investment. You know, 93% of all the gold that's either vanity, it's uh, back up to your investments in the dollar or the stock market, you know, in case something goes wrong. So it's vanity and fear. It needs to just stay in the ground.
1: And he says the fight comes down to economics. Sacrificing
2: salmon and cultures with all the language and art. Economics never pencil out if uh Ecology is the price that you pay. Economics will never pencil out.
1: So now, the SEITC, in partnership with Earth Justice, a legal advocacy organization, have taken their concerns to the Inter-American Commission for Human Rights, which presides over the defense of human rights across North and South America. And there's a precedent for this. In 2020, the SEITC submitted a petition to the international body on Canada's alleged human rights violations, and last September, the commission accepted it. That started the clock for the tribal group and Canada to both make their cases. This brief outlining their argument is SEITC's first official filing to the commission since the original petition. And May Manipupat-Pong, an earth justice attorney, says their argument is twofold. She says Canada is violating the tribe's federally recognized right to a healthy environment, as well as violating their obligation to consult with tribal stakeholders.
2: They also have an obligation to obtain the free prior and informed consent um, of SCITC tribal members and make sure that they are um, participating in the decision-making processes um, and have a voice in whether these mines be authorized or not.
1: Popat Pong says the merits of their case are strong.
2: Toxic water pollution doesn't stop at the Canadian border, and human rights obligations don't either.
1: The brief includes evidence that the SEITC has reached out to the Canadian and B.C. governments for years, to no reply. The Canadian government did reach out to SEITC, though, through the mining companies. Guy Archibald says one of the mining companies contacted SEITC and offered to guide them through the process.
2: Not once in the letter did they say listen to us" or or things along that line. The mining companies listed in the
1: brief haven't responded to KRBD's multiple requests for comment. The Canadian and B.C. governments are required to submit a similar brief in the coming weeks. Afterwards, the Inter-American Commission will decide if there will be a hearing. In Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell.
0: And for another episode of Tonga's Voices from KTOO, Perspectives from the Homelands of the Akkwan and Beyond, one of Juno's favorite drag kings, Taquan, is known for Prince tributes, sci-fi-themed acts, and big platform boots. Team McGinnis, the person behind Taquan, gave KTOO a tour of the Juno drag closet for this week's Tonga's Voices and told their drag origin story. Gigi!
3: Latuya, Hart, Monroe, and Aquarius Valentine. Right. And this is my section. The queens are so messy and disorganized. <laughs> it's like severed heads. <laughs> so. I'm T. McGinnis, and my drag name is Taquan. Uh, so I decided to um, do drag for Halloween one year, and I dressed up as the weekend, and that was like seven years ago, and it just stuck. I had been already making costumes before that, so I was like, I think I can, uh, I think I can do this. Um, It was like the year uh, Gigi Monroe held the Glitz and brought in Landon Sider, who's like the drag king of all drag kings, and from that moment, when I saw Pitbull come out on that stage, I was like, I didn't know that kings were performing drag at that level until I was exposed to that, and that's what kind of inspired me to start performing in drag. Most places just book queens. We don't really have so much of that problem here because a majority of the performers here are actually kings. And uh, Gigi Monroe, who runs the Gino drag family, always keeps space for kings and celebrates kings. Um, So we're a little bit different in our drag community than other places. But yeah, I... Pretty sure I'm the only black drag king in Alaska.
2: Give it up for the one and only, Saquon!
3: Yeah, so most of my drag, I make all my stuff. These were like a mannequin, and I had to cut them out. And then we painted them, uh, added the silver paint and um, the rhinestones. It was actually designed after... Dr. Funkenstein, who's a character from the P-Funk era, so that was designed after that, so I wanted to have the visual of emerging from a spacecraft and, like, bringing the funk to Earth. (laughs) I've been sewing since I was eight. I was homeschooled, so my mom taught me how to sew, and my friends would ask me to, like, make clothes and stuff like that, and then after a while, I started doing it professionally. When people see me sew, I'm like, see? You just do this, and then you just reverse, and then go around the corner. Like, you try, and they're like, ah! I think for glitz, we we were um, chomping at the last minute, and, um there was an idea that came up with costumes and it was maybe the night before the show so it was like hey uh, can you go pick the fabric up at Joanne's and like whip those up for us so like yeah sure so I came up with a pattern cut everything out and then realized like I cut it out wrong then I had a little moment to cry and then I sewed the piece back on and put it together and like no one ever knew After I perform the number, I hear my name being called back out to the stage, so they bring myself and um, my husband out on the stage to introduce him to Juno and to the drag family in the middle of a show, a drag show, at the Red Dog Saloon. I was dressed as Prince, made it even more hilarious. (laughs) That was a surprise. I was backstage, like, ripping my stuff off, like... I'm done with this wig. They're like, come back out. So that was um, really welcoming and really nice from their drag family.
0: That was Juno Drag King Taquan, also known as T. McGinnis, for this week's Tonga's Voices. And as for the weather here in Juno, it's currently 28 degrees and sunny this afternoon. Tonight is supposed to stay clear with a low of 19 degrees. Tomorrow and the next few days look much the same with temperatures dropping Friday night and into Saturday. The high on Saturday is expected to be 14 degrees with a low of 7. Monday, temperatures come up a little bit and some clouds move in. Sunset is at 530 this afternoon, and sunrise is around 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. You're listening to KTOO.